Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Let's do it. Welcome to the Horror Hangout podcast where three bearded film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time. My name is Luke Condover Kate. I'm joined by my regular co host, Mr. It's Mr. Ben Errington. And our semi regular co host, who... Andy Conjure Turner. Hello, guys. Your beard is getting. Who's... Your beard game's getting stronger every every time. Oh, oh come on. <laughs> Thank you. I have a great big bushy beard by the time we're done. Okay. By the end of this podcast, Thank yeah. You. Incredibly handsome, Andy Conduit Turano, with the extra face fuzz. Not to say you weren't before, but this is just. Is Andy sent you short up a notch. for handsome? <laughs> Andy, sir. <laughs> I'll have to ask my mum. Very kind of you, though, Ben. I was actually going to need a haircut a little bit, but uh, you very, very graciously ignored that. Oh, yeah. I can't really tell in, yeah. on via Skype. It's hard to tell, you know? In this, need a haircut. St- I'm, this stark I'm, white room that I'm in here. <laughs> Yeah, it's I'm like good two, at recognizing... two pixels thick. Two pixels too thick right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm uh I'm good at recognizing when people have had a haircut, no matter how minimal. If someone comes in and has had a trim into the, comes into the office, I go, You've had a haircut, haven't you? It's like a, it's like my shit superpower. <laughs> Is it like you a don't comment if it's been good or bad? You've had a haircut. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, I never did that together. Is it the smell? You smell the hairdressers like the whatever that hairdresser smell is. Or you see some loose hair stuck to the forehead. <laughs> yeah. I, I used to or hate getting to the they look upset. I used to hate going to the hairdressers when I had hair because I was always under the impression that they were trying to make me look like a footballer. Like every time I went in there, <laughs> I'd come out and they'd, they'd do my hair in a way that was kind of too footballery for me. And then as you come out, someone passes a football to you and you go, oh. <laughs> Every time. Every time. <laughs> Land on your back and everyone goes, that haircut, you thought you were supposed to be a footballer. Look at the state of you. The team Ooh. coach pulls up Alex Ferguson, gets out. <laughs> no, Sir Alex, I'm not. I'm not even a footballer. Exactly, yeah. Please. This is why I, I was genuinely worried that that was going to happen. But uh, yeah, no hair anymore. No worries. Um, so, uh, what is the news, Ben? You got the news? Yeah, so big news today is that um, legendary horror actor Sid oh, yeah. Haig has, has um, passed away. Haig? Am I saying that right? I, I say Sid Haig. Haig. Um... Sid Haig. Yeah, so uh, he was 80 years old. I kind of 
was one of the, I'm not hugely familiar with a lot of his stuff. I've never really been into sort of like House of a Thousand Corpses and, you know, obviously where he got his, one of his most iconic roles, Captain Spaulding. But he is in, he's also in The Devil's Rejects, right? And then the recently released Free From Hell. I'm assuming he's in that as well, right? I don't know if he is. I don't know much about Free From Hell. I'm not a big zombie person, but he's... Oh, he wait. Is... Minor cameo. Minor cameo, it seems. Because he was ill, I think, when we were making Free From right. Hell. Yeah. Well, he's a... Very iconic looking character. Obviously, Captain Spaulding, a lot of people yeah. love mainly because of the way he looks. Yeah, so there we go. Rest in peace, Sid Haig. Haig. Fruity fucking TT. We used to love. Um, Fruity fucking TT. We used to love um, Devil's Rejects growing up because we were massive into Leonard Skinner. And that like final Freebird thing that goes on for 20 minutes was amazing. Okay. I don't remember that. Sorry. Are you into like these films, Andy? <laughs> I haven't seen any of the, you know, that series of films. Um, they've kind of been on the list that I might watch one day, but I just, mm. I think I just missed the boat on them. And not having not seen the first one, I didn't get the, you know, the drive to go and see the others as they came out. But it, I guess I know they're very popular. It's kind of a gap in the knowledge, I guess. I've got to say, I saw, um, the last Rob Zombie film I saw was thirty-one, and I, I had to turn it off after like the first twenty minutes. I just couldn't. There's something about that film. I just, just rubbed me up the wrong way. I found it frustrating. But um, I'll, I'll give it another go. Um, I, li- I liked Devil's Rejects, so I'll probably go watch Free From Hell. I've seen his... Um, I think the only Rob Zombie films I've really sat and watched and known I was watching a Rob Zombie film, certainly, was the you know his, uh, his runs at Halloween. They were fine. Yeah. I've only seen the first one of those two, and I thought it was... Yeah, I thought it was okay. I didn't watch Halloween 2. Um, because, you know, easy to get mixed up with the other Halloween 2 and the soon-to-be-released Halloween 2. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> easily confused. Which Halloween 2? Which is your favourite, Spider-Man 2? Spider-Man 2. Uh, yeah, I'll go with Spider-Man yeah. 2. Three Spider-Man 2s. Overdoing it on the old Spider-Man 2. Uh, what other news have we got? Um, so, Resident Evil 3 turned 20 this week. Another another thing to make you feel old. So 20 years ago was the first time that you heard the nemesis utter stars. What is everybody's memories of these games? I never played Resident Evil 3. I'm like I know because uh, you're you're massive. Both of you are like massive Resi, Resi yeah. gamers. Um, oh. I never, I never you, you, you must remember playing this one. Have you ever played it or see it? Or I, I know what it is. I've seen people play. It. Uh, it's Claire Redfield, right? It's Joe Valentine. Joe Valentine, yeah. Actually, Luke. I knew it was one of them women, Claire or Jill or Redfield or Chris or. It was one Barry. of them women. Was it Barry Redfield? <laughs> Barry Redfield, he was the best one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so this was like an iconic one for me. Like the first two Resident Evil games, sorry, the first three Resident Evil games for me sort of are all kind of on a fairly even keel. Of like how much I love them and how much I go back to them, and play them as regularly as possible. Good. But I want to know. Is that what's an what, even keel? What's, what's even... a keel? It's one of them things, and it's even, it isn't be, it? It's, it can be even, or it can be uneven, and you don't want it to be the latter because that's no good. <laughs> uh, you want it, You want a keel to be. Even. Yeah. So yeah, twenty yeah. years of that makes me kind of want to go back and play it again. Um, would you like a remake of it? Yes, of course. I don't I know what I'm asking. I imagine they, would, they are going to do it, right? They've got to do it in that Resident Evil 2 remake style. I think that's been heavily rumoured, right? I'm not sure if it's rumoured as a, you know, just a bit of premium DLC you get for this one, kind of like um, mm. 
you know, when you get, I guess, Far Cry games, mostly you kind of get something that's same engine that comes out about a year after, but it's it's pretty much a full game that comes out maybe a ten or less. I think that's mm-hmm. been rumored, but you'd think if they were going to announce it today, it'd be the day, right? Oh yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah, that would be. That, I think it was maybe a couple of days ago that it was the 20 years, actually. Unless they're going to just wait two days afterwards just to really fuck with us. You've, you've dropped the ball there, <laughs> Capcom. Get on it. Come on, Capcom. That was a Japanese release, though, so maybe they'll wait for the American release. Who knows? Maybe not. That'd be good. Um, I remember and... I got this like super early. I um, When this came out, I was so excited. I was at... Um, you know, when you're in the computer exchange back in the day and they'd sometimes get like imports of stuff. And it can't have been that long before the UK one came out, but it was, you know, in that time of life where there was a proper gap between things coming out in the US and and here. Mm. You yeah. know, and and um, yeah. I had a I had a PlayStation that could play play import. Say, you know, one of those local chipped. people on the estate chipped it for us. Yeah. Um, oh, podcast podcast like group listener Danny Taylor, his dad did it for me, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, we, we got we got it done, and then um, I, I bought an imported version of Resident Evil 3, and I remember smashing through it, and it was one of the ones I actually played all the, you know, the post-game stuff as well, where you can, like, do kind of things to unlock more stuff. Mm. I remember I actually spent a ton of time on that as well. I loved it. One of my favourites. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I had a chip PlayStation, but I don't think I could play imports. Just so, copies. Yeah, I yeah, 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 just <laughs> copy. Just dirty copies uh but yeah i remember playing this pretty early on and just being like just a decision the fact that you had to stop and make a decision in the game as well like there was a part where you can like run inside or fight the nemesis uh push the nemesis off the bridge or you know do other things i think that that was a good element to the game as well and it was the first time really well i suppose they did it a bit in resident evil 2 with mr x but uh where someone was just constantly stalking you for yeah. like a good good portion of the game and that was genuinely terrifying he had a rocket launcher as well so you know that Mr. X stuff, um, uh, was that, because that's quite heavily present in the remake, it, was it as present in the... Not as original? present, was it? It was kind of like, it was... Was it like you... just, it was scripted moments, wasn't it, in the oh, original? Yeah. I'm not sure the tech allowed him to follow you between yeah. rooms. Yeah, he'd like punch through a wall and stuff, and uh, I don't even think, did you get him on the first playthrough, or was it like the scenario B Only stuff? scenario B, did Mr. Yeah. X come give it to you? <laughs> yeah exactly uh yeah so that was that was sort of like a really good survival horror um experience um other news i guess this is maybe something you're going to talk about but i was going to mention there's this netflix horror series marianne yeah uh, that's been released this week that a few people are got a bit of buzz about you said it's got a scary old lady in it i so guess is that gonna you... is that gonna move into your what have you watched yeah it's a muster and be goof Stuff in your guff. Sorry, stepping on, stepping on your toes there, Luke. Don't want to do that. Stepping on my guff. Stepping on your guffs, man. Uh, yeah, so I guess that's a nice little segue into that, unless anyone else has got any other horror news. Nah. The only news I saw was apparently the rights to Nightmare on Elm Street have returned to Wes Craven's family. Like, his, yeah. it, it's gone back to his estate. I don't know if that will mean anything, if they mean they'll maybe sell it to another studio, if maybe his... Uh, who was it His that folks... um, Robert England was saying should play... Oh, Kevin Bacon. Robert England was saying that Kevin Bacon yeah. should play Freddy. I think Kevin Bacon's fantastic. Whatever he's in, he's... Kevin he's Bacon a... should play Freddy, right? Yeah. It's a weird choice, though. Why Why did he pull Kevin is Bacon? That, is that like a bit of a bit of shade? Is that Robert England saying that, that Kevin Bacon, I reckon he could play a convincing pedophile. 
and murderer. Is he, maybe, maybe. Is he being Kevin mean Bacon. to him? Yeah, but then he'd be Kevin Bacon himself. Been a pedophile in a film. Yeah, <clears throat> yes, maybe yeah, that's really got a, it in all. a film. Yeah, the woodsman typecast. Yeah. He's been he's been typecast. Are you playing a pedophile again, Kev? No. <laughs> yeah, definitely so. It's okay as long as you said do that... it three times. Yeah, gotta make that paper somehow. Yeah, I'd go for that. I'd, I'd watch that. And I, I agree. I think he's he's good in everything he's seen, and particularly Hollow Man, of course. Yeah, a lot of bits where you can't see him. <laughs> he's uh, yeah, he's great. <laughs> To be able to act invisible, that is that is a talent. Yeah, it's a talent. Uh, it probably comes in handy with all the pedo bits as well. So, uh, Marianne, have you seen it, Andy? <laughs> no. <laughs> Move on from that, Jesus. Okay. Um, no, I, um, saw, I, think... I saw a trailer of it, and I was like, yeah, I'll watch this. But because it's a series, I've got to kind of... Yeah. You've got to take a run-up to that, haven't you? You can't just sit down. <laughs> uh-huh. Run and jump. <laughs> run and jump. <laughs> uh, um, series! <laughs> so uh, I think I just it just caught me at the right moment. I was like kind of bored and nothing was on. And then we put it on. I think, I can't remember who recommended it. Uh, Dan Howarth in a, in a Discord uh, chat thing. And um, uh, Dan, but- Dan Butcher posted it in the Horror right. Hangout thing. That's right. It? Yeah, yeah. It was Dan Butcher. Uh, okay. Yeah. So uh, it's Spanish translation, I think. I think it's Spanish. It's uh, something European, and um, so it's got uh, some titles. It's about a woman who is a horror writer, um, and then in her books there's a, a witch called Marianne, and then you find out at the start there's a woman, an old woman from her home hometown who claims to be this witch from the book from her book series. It's like forces to come back to the hometown because she needs to talk to her. And it's just like, it's kind of cheesy in, in some places, but the actual scary moments are really quite good, quite effective. Like the creepy old woman, like she plays that role. She's been playing that role all her life. Like she was born to be a creepy old lady. She, has, she kind of just had to grow into it. But like, yeah, it's so good. Um, there's some like weird bits where um, there's a woman... Uh, it's a lot of lots lots of people just hiding in corners, basically, but it's very effectively done. So I'd recommend it. I'll give that a uh, give that a shout. But between this and today's movie, mm. I think if any of us ever write a story that's got like a creepy witch or horror goings on, I might immediately write as a first line that in in the writer, nothing bad ever happened to them. No ill effects of horror <laughs> ever came about from this from this story. Just to make sure, because we've we've seen a couple of examples between this and you know, say today's movie where horror stories they tend to go awry. People get get stitched up by them. Do you feel like uh, we're moving into like the meta? Uh, it feels like we've done had a lot of horror stuff going off, and it's had a big uplift in in viewings and, and box office tickets. Now everyone wants like meta horror. They want to have the people who write the horror sort of end up in the story itself. Yeah. Oh, between that and the other news, maybe it's time for another Wes Craven's new new nightmare. New new nightmare. Yeah. The the most meta horror film before before this. Yeah. I I, I what did you think of that one? That's that's a fan favourite, that one. I like that New one. Nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, it's alright. It's just uh super cheesy in the, in the yeah. last sequence. And his jumper's slightly off colour versus the rest of Canon. Not yeah. getting negative. Yeah. But otherwise um, other than that, I've watched the Ad Astra at the cinema. It's um, not horror, but have you have you guys seen it? Ben, I know you've seen it. Have you seen Andy? 
No, I've not seen it yet. Um, I might do, but it's one of those that I'm not sure. If I don't get round to it, I don't think I'll be too too annoyed. So it's pretty good if you like your space epics, like Interstellar and that kind of thing. It's not as good as Interstellar and everything. Uh, and it's way more bonkers than I think anyone sort of thought it was going to be going in. Like There's some elements of that. I was not expecting to see that in this film. And then, like I liked it. Yeah, so it... Um, uh, the guy next to me was asleep for the last hour of the film. <laughs> So like, I think it has that. It's gonna cause it's like a lot of washing atmospheric sounds and stuff. So it's gonna send some people to sleep. <laughs> yeah, there are a lot of soothing space noises. But they're are sort of few and far between. Uh, yeah, definitely some mental stuff happening. Like it's a near future film, so obviously space exploration is a little bit more advanced. Uh, there's a base on the moon, a base on Mars, all that stuff. Uh, and then there's. Yeah, just a lot of things you didn't expect, like space pirates. That sounds mental, but in this film, it kind of fits. Yeah, yeah, oh, it's, nice. it's worth a go. Like, especially if you're kind of bored of the of the like super super realistic space films, you know, like Gravity and First Man, and yeah, even The Martian to an extent, even though that's obviously is on Mars. <laughs> but yeah, if you're gonna, but, if but, you're gonna, but, but you relate like the Mars stuff in this film is way more sci-fi, I'd say, than the Martian yeah. Mars. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the Martian Mars, Mars is uh, is a lot more like rooted in rooted in reality, isn't it? Where I guess this stuff is, but they've taken really fucking tooted in reality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but they, they but they've taken advantage of the near future setting where they've gone. Look, Everyone's phones a little bit smaller. Pretty much do what we want here, mate. We could do what we want with this uh, space pirates. Are... Yep, yeah. killer baboon. Yeah, yeah, get one of them in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. So I quite liked it. Anything else? Uh, what else? Um, Snowpiercer, I watched again because it's on Netflix. Oh, now. nice! Yeah, I really like that film. I think it's just like yeah. Uh, I know, I know some people don't get along with sort of how allegorical it is, but I think I like that aspect that it's so. It feels like you're. It would make for a great what they call you know the um the, the what they call it's not the tableau but the the big thing where it's like. In medieval paintings, they have a story that starts on the left of the wall and goes all the way to the yeah, right. Yeah, like, like you a Bayer tapestry. That's the one, yeah. So the tapestry, you could tell the story perfectly in the tapestry and it would kind of fit in really well. It's just a great film. Chris, so um, what you thought? Uh, you're like, uh, this film's good, but I'd like to see it on a tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to see the tapestry <laughs> adaptation. <laughs> they add, you know, two stars. stars. <laughs> you know, two those stars, like, not a tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> Those things that you sometimes post on the on the Facebook then where it's like this the script to screen. It yeah. shows yeah. the, the scene plan out. If you're one of those where it's just the tapestry underneath. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think they made the tapestry first with the intent of making it a movie, like Mark Miller? Was it, uh, they went in yeah. with the thinking that way. Stop. The word tapestry is lost all meaning now. <laughs> <laughs> tapestry. <laughs> Imagine what he was putting out instead of it. Now, I know normally I'm hiring for, you know, for inkers, colorists, and things like that. This time, I need weavers, the best in the business. Finally, my calling has been. <laughs> yeah. Finally, someone out there needs a massive, great big tapestry for the wall. I think we're ready for a tapestry resurgence in the world. I feel like they're making a comeback. Yeah, my dad used to do uh, little tapestries, <laughs> little little like animals and stuff, and like, random like little a things. He's tapas always... restaurant, is it? Yeah, it was just like a little, t- well, not like, like, like a massive tapestry on the wall, but just like little, he used to call them tapestries, but they were small, so I reckon he was just having me on. I've done old tapestry, and I've gone, that's fucking tiny. <laughs> you really set your, set your dad up now. You'll be telling Mark Miller, 
oh, you want to call my dad, Mark? He'll he'll do you a tapestry of snow. Oh, sorry, I have a tapestry. He'll, he'll bang probably it out work slowly. <laughs> he'll bang it out and overnight. If you give him at least nine years, I reckon he'd be able to do it. <laughs> you get it done. Yeah. What about you guys? What do you see? Um, I, I've been on a couple of like I've had a couple of like looking for bad shark movies on Netflix nights, and we've had just like quiet nights in. We've watched one called Bait, which is in a supermarket and has um, <laughs> son of Australian Prime Minister um, Julian McMahon in it, old Doctor Doom himself, and some other people oh. that run home and away. Um, it's not good, but it's not bad. It's all right. Um, and then I saw another one called Surrounded, which is bad. It's about some <laughs> it's about some YouTube stars who crash in a plane when they're going to go and have a look at this island. And then we all survive the plane crash in the sea, um, but then all die. The main problem I had with it is the actress that plays the main Chuck. character um, <laughs> in a film <laughs> where you're largely in open water can't really swim. She's an awful swimmer. Oh, the, 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 it looks like she's karate chopping the water really awkwardly. She's oh. like, she tries to swim. <laughs> yeah, so that's no good. Of the two, watch bait, I guess. Or neither, you'll probably be fine. Hmm. They should do uh, like a a St. Bernard killer dog movie called Beethoven. I feel like that could work quite well. Oh, <laughs> a yeah, killer, killer shark dog thing called Beethoven. <laughs> Yeah, why not? Um, I saw um, what's the? I haven't seen it, but I saw some gifts of a like a a ghost shark movie. And there's all these people getting murdered by ghost sharks that were swimming. Through I've the seen air. ghost shark. It's it's also fairly terrible. <laughs> yeah, I think ghost shark might be the one where they can appear anywhere that there's water. So they're like jumping out of puddles yeah, and okay. getting people. Yeah. And I think there's one bit where towards the end it begins to rain. And if that raindrop touches you, a shark can teleport through that. And it can, <laughs> oh. and it can get you. What is it called, that one? Ghost oh, shark? It's called ghost shark. I, thought you... <laughs> um, I would recommend... If, well, if it's got to have a good some... title. What's it called? Ghost yeah. shark, yeah. <laughs> If you want yes, a real just... treat, though, you want to watch um, Mega Shark versus Mecha Shark, in which um, I'm not sure if the pilot of Mecha Shark is—it's either Debbie Gibson or it's Tiffany. But I think they're both in it, um, and they're fighting Mega Shark with their Mecha Shark that they've made. And um, the other person who drives Mecha Shark is Tilk from <laughs> from Stargate SG One. Yeah, but, um, oh, Kratos. It's a it's a clash of the titans. Kratos, yeah. Wow. Uh, um, what was shark movie? Uh, that that was a good one. Uh, the shadows, that was all right. Shadows was good. Forty-seven yeah, meters down. I quite, I actually, like, I quite I like the shadows. I I liked I liked that. I you saw a bit of the end coming, but um, hmm. as soon as they mentioned it early on, but yeah, it was good. There's two-headed shark attack with uh, Hulk Hogan's daughter in it. That's a good laugh. Brooke Hogan. Yeah. That's it. He's trying. Mm. <laughs> she's trying. That's it. She's giving it a go, and she's giving it, giving it a good old college try. She's out there. She's doing it. She's turning up every day. She's bringing out a film about sharks with more than one head. I think there's a sequel. Okay, I've got it. Shark. The ho- so the go. ghost shark movie title, the haunt thin of Hill House. 
The haunting Jesus of Hill House. How long, how long did you? How long were you thinking about that for? Been quiet for the last minute. My God, quite We could have been saying, we could have been saying the best con, the best, the best podcast, con, con, can't even say it. Well, like best right podcast now. content, and you would ignored it. You would ignored it and gone. <laughs> the haunting of Hill House. <laughs> <laughs> The uh, I think we've established your next game, haven't we? Like next time there's a any vague excuse to have a shark-based name trivia game. I can imagine you like fast asleep in the middle of the night, just sitting up, <laughs> reaching for your notebook and going, "That's it." <laughs> Haunt Finn of Phil House. It's very, very close to the truth. And you, and you write, you write it in the Slack group chat just so you don't forget it. <laughs> it sounds like gold, but in the morning everyone's going, "You, you what? What?" Including me. What? <laughs> uh, okay, so what about you, Ben? Have you watched? Uh, so I watched Ad Astra, obviously, which you discussed. Uh, mm-hmm. Apart from that, I've had a little bit of a uh, '80s um, fantasy resurgence. I've kind of made a list of things I want to, I want to rewatch, and I've gone in with two of my classic oh, yeah. favorites. I've gone in, gone in with Labyrinth. Um, not going to really say much about it, other than hell yeah, go with the power. Um, what power? Yeah, it's just, That's I mean, good. it's just. Every, every everything about it. I watched the two hours of the making of afterwards just to you know, we're having a real puppet overdose lately with Labyrinth and uh, and Dark Crystal. Is uh, Labyrinth um, done by Jim Henson? Or is that uh, yes. Yeah, he is, direct yeah. he directs it and he's and all his puppets are there as well. His best mates his little puppets. Uh sometimes like ten people doing one puppet doing you know, our, our work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like the title of someone else. No? Um, also watched Ridley Scott's Legend, which I don't know. Have you guys seen that? Um, I used to watch it as a kid. Genuinely yeah. terrifying. You said genuinely terrifying me as a kid. It's Tim it's Curry, PG. Is, uh, Tim Curry is the Satan. Darkness. No. Yeah. So it's like really a really terrifying film. Like it's got such a weird, ethereal, like otherworldly vibe to it. Yeah. And everything that's in it, like everyone's voices are like sort of weird. It's just, it's not. It's, I like quite, it. In my memory, it's quite whistly. Like a lot of yeah, wind very whistly. whistling past the microphone. There's a lot of whistling, a lot of wind. Um, it's Tom Cruise before he had his teeth done. Uh, oh, uh, that's the one the, thing I mainly remember from that. The early. unicorns the unicorns are like make whale noises. It's like, I describe it as it's the darkest of dark fairy tales, whereas there's some visuals in it. Like I watched a little bit of it with my daughter, but she lasted about 20 minutes before she was just like, get this off. It's <laughs> literally terrifying me. Um, there are two versions of the soundtrack as well. One which is Jerry Goldstein, one which is one with sorry Goldstein, Goldsmith, one of them, and the other one's Tangerine Dream. The Tangerine Dream version is much better. Okay. When you've got like the the Jerry version, it's very orchestral and kind of classic film score. But the Tangerine Dream version is like a weird, synthy terrifying, synthy nightmare. Um, and yeah, Tim Curry is like unrecognizable in this role. Like at least when he's Pennywise, you can kind of go, yeah, that's Tim Curry now. I can recognize him. Unrecognizable in this. Um, yeah, there we go. I've not seen that, that for, for years, but I remember. I just remember. Does he kill the unicorns? Does he? He like cuts. Well, one 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 in the unicorn. One in the unicorn do, does die in in the start. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's definitely worth watching. If, you, if you're into like all well, 80s fantasy, it's something a bit different. It's not like uh, sort of, I mean, it is kind of cheesy in, in, in places, but it's just a really mm. strange, mythical, like, it's, it's, it's just hard. It's hard to explain until you've seen it. Where just, does uh, something... Willow rank in your 
because we used to watch that one all the time. Willow is either right. So next on the list is either Willow or maybe Master of the Universe or maybe um, maybe Never End Story. We're going to do a lot of the classic ones before we get to some other ones. We might do Lady Hawk as well. Uh, which one? Oh, Hawk the Slayer. Is that the um? Which one's Hawk the Slayer? Is that the Rockahara one? Uh, I'm not sure. Lady Hawk is with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, isn't it? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I might might do that. Um, just watching some films I haven't seen in years. That's it. Cool. That's it. Nice. Um, cool. Okay. Well, I guess we'll crack on with scary stories to tell in the dark. I've got to say, I think this is the longest time since for me. Cause I know you've done it a couple times, Ben. Um, I think it was three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago, four weeks ago. I saw this, so I've had to yeah. refresh my memory. Um, by reading the Wikipedia bits. I mean. I may be a bit of light on some of the details, but we'll yeah, I don't know. Two That's right. Fine. I think I think, I think between us, us. Yeah. between the three of us, we can probably re sort of we can piece it together. I'm sure. Yeah. Cool. Okay, uh, Ben, have you got any details on it? Sure. So, uh, scary stories to tell in the dark is a 2019 horror film directed by Andre Overdahl, based on the children's book series of the same name by Alvin Schwartz. Uh, all right. <laughs> a group of teens face their fears in order to save their lives. That's literally all we've got on IMDb. You know, yeah. can you be any more vague than that? Sure. Uh, teens fight ghosts. I'll, uh, I'll be more vague. <laughs> it are a film. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a scary film. See title. See <laughs> title. Scary stories telling the dark. What more do you want? <laughs> Fucking hell. Uh, so, uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 79%. Uh, critic score, 72% audience score. The audience were, weren't quite as keen as the ravenous uh, critics who went and sort of masturbated as they were watching it. Uh, 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Um, <laughs> this is what the, the consensus is. Like the best-selling series of books that inspired it, Scary Story to Tell in the Dark opens a creepy gateway into horror for younger genre enthusiasts. Um, so this is a big book in America. 400 pages or so, I don't know. <laughs> It's uh, but they're all they all bang about, bang on about it all the time uh, about how they sort of grew up with it. I I never knew what this was until fairly recently. <clears throat> yeah, same here. Um, I'd I'd recognise some of the visuals, like some of the book covers and stuff. Um, I'd sort of see them around and sort of seen heard this referred to, but again, not really known what it was until it was announced there was going to be a film. So I did a little bit more digging. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Forceful on the digging. <laughs> what about you, Andy? Yeah, sorry, um, I I didn't know anything about it until I saw this was out. I think, like you, I wasn't aware of the the book series and all this resurgence we've seen of sort of the, I guess the entry to horror that I remember when I was younger. I I was aware of Goosebumps when I was a kid and yeah. um, and slightly above, and I'm aware I was aware of the. Is it the Nickelodeon that Are You Afraid of the Dark that's about to come back as well? I used to love that. That was my, my yeah. go-to growing up. That's the Midnight Society one, isn't it? And blowing yeah. the dust in the campfire. Yeah. I knew about I knew about those ones. So as soon as this was advertised, I kind of knew that it was along that theme, but I'd never encountered the books growing up. Are they are they like Goosebumps? Is this is this film a series of shorter books or is it just one big I think book? It's just like volumes of short stories. Apparently they were very hard to put down. Uh, sticky pages, apparently. Sticky pages. 
Okay, I'm done with the dumb jokes now. Uh, okay, so um, well, I told the trivia. Uh, so um, I don't know. It's all right. I mean, it's definitely a gateway sort of. I would love this actually. At a certain point in time, uh, when I was ten or something, I thought I think I would have really got along with this film because um, it's quite scary at times. It's got people actually yes. dying. Yeah. Um, so it's a PG thirteen. So was it twelve A or was it fifteen in in our in our cinemas? Because it was twelve A. I mean, that's I pretty. Was, I think it was twelve A. That I means you could yeah. take a. That means you could take a baby and go, watch this. <laughs> for love of God. <laughs> watch it. Watch the jangly man. He'll come and get you. Um. Yeah. So it's very good. It is goosebumpsy, but maybe like takes it to the next level a little bit. Yeah. Um. I I quite liked it. I think there were a lot of ge- good genuine scares. It almost felt like the plot kind of settled into a nice little rhythm. Um. Which felt all right to start with but then after a while it was a bit like oh right i mean someone awakes a story awakes a force the force chases someone down it kind of felt like that was all the stories were it didn't feel like that any of them were sort of that unique there was possibly one which was a bit more standout as being unique yeah um yeah but yeah apart from that i thought it was good um yeah i, I think, think i'm suffered. with you I think sorry suffered, i think it suffered a little bit from the same thing that, that it film suffered with like the first few people the thing gets with ease, like the things the people will never get away. And then towards the later latter part of the film, the, um, the ghoulies just can't seem to catch, or they seem to become really incompetent just to because they have to have that for the film to continue. Do you know what I mean? It's um, yeah. I mean, like the jangly man seemed like the most like the Terminator. Like was... yeah, like the Terminator, but they could get away with him, like. Pretty easily, like yeah. hide, hiding under tables from it. Whereas the Harold, the scarecrow, he can't move at all, and he was like uh, inescapable. Like in, it was inevitable that he was going to get you. So I don't yeah. know. that kind of thing uh, grates on me a bit. But now, oh. uh, so who we got in this film? I don't recognize. I think the mainly uh, the only person recognized is Dean Norris, who plays like the dad of one of the characters. Yeah. Um, Zoe Margaret Coletti plays Stella, who's a uh, she puts in a, a great performance, I guess you could say. <laughs> <laughs> so um, she plays like a horror fan, a bit of a nerd. Uh, a mum died or left? I can't remember. I think a mum left. A mum moment. left? I'm not sure if she she's left and then the same died. Thing, right? Yeah, she's dead to her. <laughs> okay. Uh, Michael Garza plays Ramon Morales, who is... Uh, I couldn't tell how old these kids were supposed to be because this guy looked a bit older to me. Um, he looked like in his this 20s or something. Pretty. He was 28. <laughs> yeah, he could have been. He looked that way. Um, he's a, a drifter. Lives in his car. That's all we know. And he likes horror movies. Yeah, He's, he's got a knife. Yeah, <laughs> He's got all the things he needs. He's got a switchblade. He's got a car. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah who else we got? Um, God, I thought it said Lorraine Croissant. It says Lorraine Toissant. Toussaint plays Lulu. I don't know who that is. <laughs> is that the sister? No. Lulu. Doesn't look. Don't know who that is. No, I don't know who it is. Lulu. Maybe that's one of the. Oh, which that is that one of the? Is that the old lady oh, they go and visit? That's the old lady. Yeah, that's uh, the old lady. Okay. Uh, Gabriel Rush plays Oggie Hildebrandt. Older, nerdy sort of. Oggy. Oggy is a weird, sh- weird name for even. I know shortening. August, but it's just weird, and it? every time they said this name, I felt a bit like what? Oggy, oggy, oggy. 
He uh, could never live in this country. That'd be all he'd hear. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Especially if his last name was Oi Oi Oi. <laughs> Uh, Austin Zer, uh, who plays the, the sort of the comedic relief, Chuck Steinberg. I actually like this guy. I thought he'd put in a good performance. He um, a couple of good gags. He even did like a poo pun, which is right up my street. He says like poop the tat when he's going to throw something at someone instead of yeah, the very good. And I was like, that's one of my jokes. <laughs> um, I'll write that one down, mate. <laughs> he's pretty good. Uh, who's the uh, who was the sister? I've actually um, not got it here. Um. What was the name? Roof? Roof. Roof. Roof Steinberg. Uh, Natalie Ganshorn played her. Again, I don't know any of these people apart from Dean Norris. Um, <laughs> no. Also, I was going to say, what's with all the uh, Vietnam like stuff? It seems a little bit like there's loads of like topical it, news stuff happening around the time. And Is it because, I mean... Is it because that's when the books were set, or do they are they just do you reckon they're overplaying it to really play into the thing of guys? Remember, this is the sixties. This is when this is happening. Yeah. I do you feel like it's they were like we need to like we've got it and Stranger Things. They've kind of cornered the eighties. Let's go uber retro and go all the way back to the sixties. Yeah, let's go hyper retro all the way to the sixties, and then just to remind you that you know look they're at a drive-in and. Yeah, no one's got a phone and all that other stuff. Maybe I mean the phone thing; it does kind of help because as soon as you have phones, kind of it's an extra thing to sort of have to worry about. Um, You've got to put a scene in where they check and there's no signal. Yeah, or it's cracked. I've been yeah. using my phone cracked for years. You'd be uh, all right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so it says in 1968, three teenage friends in small town Mill Valley, Pennsylvania, uh, go to the um, I go to prank that the bully guy Tommy. Um, so. That's that's literally how it starts, right? So Chuck is like, yes. I need to get this guy back or something. Yeah, because he usually steals their he usually steals their Halloween sweets, I guess, because it's Halloween. At first, um, uh, our main character's not going to go and join them, but then the other two phone her up. Chuck and Oggy phone her up and say, "Oh, come on, we're gonna we're gonna get the, that no good bully this time," because mm. he always steals the, the Halloween sweets. But then to trick them this time. They they go out and they've got what has he got in there? I know he's got his poo de tar, which is his bag of shit that he's going to throw through the window of the car. Bag of shade. What's in the what's what have they got in the fake Halloween candy bags? Is it like just Razor they said it smells candy. like old man piss? So is it's it just like, like soiled, soiled yeah, under underhousing? Do you guys remember? Am I misremembering the start of the film? Where does he get like pissed pants from to put in the? Does he piss it himself? That's what you got to do. I think he may he he, uh, he uses his own poo, he? because yeah. um, he like there's a oh, he's, he's fishing out, out. Yeah, he's fishing out of the toilet. And his mum sees him and he goes, like, "Use the fucking tongs." <laughs> All right, use the tongs. Don't use your hands if you're gonna have to get poo out the toilet. Um, I don't know. Yeah, um... yeah, but he get he gets a bag full of soiled rags and then throws some poo in their car oh, and then they crash. Right. And then they like, crash, yeah. So, uh, and his sister and his sister is uh, in the car with the bully as well. On a on a, on a date with him, yeah. 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 On a date with him, and he's brought his two mates along. Come on, mate. Come and a on. bag of shit. And a bag of shit. <laughs> before before you got covered in shit and crashed your car, you're already yeah. looking to be on your own forever. Come yeah. on. I mean, yeah. He, he he's a bit like a bit 
I don't want to say weedy, but he's a bit weaselly for, yeah. for like a high school job. Like I mean, no offense to the actor. I'm sure this is you. This is nothing to do with you. It's the way the character was was portrayed. But yeah, you're a bit weaselly, small, and not attractive enough to be the popular kid that bullies <laughs> everyone else. Oh, come on, man. I hope he's not listening to this. But, uh... oh, yeah, the actor was fine. Maybe he was playing a like you know they greased his hair on set. His normal hair is probably lovely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he was, um, he's far too weedy, but he had a baseball bat and he wasn't afraid to use it. He, was he had a baseball bat and like a, like a letterman jacket, didn't he, as well, yeah. like all them bullies. So he, he gets out of the car and he chases our heroes uh, into a driving cinema where they're playing Night of the Living Dead. It's always Night of the Living Dead. That seems to be the go-to, I guess in the 60s, what else could you put on? But, um, What's like, free now is that they can, they can get it. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. That's probably it. It's royalty free, yeah. I always forget about that, yeah. Um, so the the drifter guy, Ramon, is watching Night of the Living Dead. He's a big horror fan. Uh, and they get in his car randomly. And they hide. To hide from the bullies, don't they? And he's a, he's a little bit miffed, but he's okay with it. I'd be more miffed. Uh, if people get into your yeah. car, yeah. You and bearing in mind, we learned shortly after that this is a kid who carries a knife. Yeah, yeah. Get out of my car. I could slice you. Uh, yeah. I mean, what but, happens? So Tommy turns up. Yeah, they sort of, um, they all get around the car and they say, oh, Get out the car, you guys. We're gonna we're gonna beat you up with this baseball bat. But then, of course, not because this is a rotten kid clearly threatening violence in a public place, but because he's standing in front of the screen. Set the down in front asshole. And they, they, you know, they're all shaking their fists. And then the cinema guy comes along, and they go, "All right, we'll go." <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah. So they get ushered off, and then they've got a new member of their crew. Come yeah. on. He's got a car. So. Uh, 
he's got a car so then they go let's go explore this haunted house why not i'm not sure which one suggests it what do they say let's make this halloween night much more interesting really spookums let's get on there really spookums so they go to this house i've paid to get into this film now no 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 leave immediately i know what the ending is i know what the ending is yeah so um stella's a bit of a horror buff as well isn't she so didn't she say something like about the film like she's she's a writer as well isn't she you see that she writes horror stories at some point yeah um, <clears throat> she like uh, has like famous monster magazines, and, and she's well into it. Uh, but they take her to um... a house of like the wealthy Bellows yeah. family. The Bellows um, family. That's yeah. it. So yeah, there's all these there's all these sort of like rumors and and urban legends and all this stuff about what happened to this girl who lived there. Apparently, she was potentially locked in the meant, basement or something locked in the basement yeah it was, was she disfigured in some way disfigured in some way maybe a bit mentally uh, ill i'm not sure there's a albino albino throw all that stuff at her in it just she's got enough to deal with isn't it yeah. get in the bloody basement uh <laughs> so basically they find a secret room uh where she was allegedly kept and inside there's a book a creepy book where is that is it in like a chest it's in a, it's like a little bookshelf at the back. I'm not sure if the bookshelf is hidden, but it's it's back there. It's in a it's already in a hidden room. Yeah. Which um Ramon breaks into with the classic breaking in technique, the same as he breaks into the door, got a flat piece of metal. Yeah. And a switchblade. You can crack any lock in the sixties with that. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Into Fort Knox. <clears throat> but then uh Tommy turns up, locks them all inside the room, along with Ruth, who the girl he was on a date with. Yeah, because uh, she was like yeah. Don't 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 be a prick, mate. Let's let's not murder my brother now. I don't give a shit. Pushes her in and then uh, leaves into it. And then in the background, then um, our main character remind me of her name again. It's gone. Stella. 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 Stella, um, Stella says she's she's told the story <laughs> to the to the group already that they used to say a rhyme, and she says like if you say this rhyme, then it's the last story you'll ever hear because then you'll. Then you'll die. And then she, when she's on her own in a quiet moment, having already been locked in the basement, she goes, "Let's say that rhyme." Then she does. <laughs> yeah. she... Uh, to be fair, right? I got nothing else on. I'm a bit bored. Let's say yeah. a little, let's say a little rhyme for me. I've been locked in this room for upwards of thirty seconds. I'm going to say this rhyme immediately. Can you imagine if she's lived in the '80s where there were Candymans and stuff all about? She'd she would last ten minutes. Necronomicons <laughs> and Beetlejuices. You'd be reading everything. Don't um, say anything. Man, she'd be awful in Ghostbusters. Don't even think about what your what your maker could be. Don't even think about anything. She'd just think of the worst thing. <laughs> yeah. Arsh but she says, she says the poem and then there's some um, there's an ominous wind and the door is the door oh, is Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> and the door is blasted open and they're they've been they've been released. Scot free. Or so they think. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah. So they get out. Um, oh, yeah, and uh, Stella takes Ramon home. And Ramon she taxes the book as well. Yeah. Ramon's like, oh, so now we're going into Stella. And then. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he sleeps on the sofa. It's, it's, nothing happens. Um, yeah. Kids, he puts, yeah. She keeps. She's very. He's very impressed by her comic collection. Is it? Um, is it Creep Show that she's got, or is it Tales from the Crypt? One of those. She's got some quality yeah. horror comics, um, there, and then her dad is, is, is her dad NYPD Blue. Yeah, her dad's like 
Do you know, this kind of thing bothers me in films. Do you know when somebody he they is quite sneaks blue, actually. That's very. <laughs> when yeah. they, he is. When, when someone sneaks someone into a house and they yeah. go, "Shush, be quiet. My dad's in here. He'll kill me if he knows you're in here." And they go, "Yeah, that's fine." But as soon as they get in the bedroom, they go, "Right then, here we are." <laughs> Wait, kicks over the jump, <laughs> jump up and down on the bed. Also, I know it was the sixties and everything, but you know, dad from everything we've seen of him, seems like a nice guy. And um, Ramon's, the reason he stays over is that his car's been trashed by those rotten bullies, haven't they? Yeah. They've scratched, they've scratched oh, yeah. racism on his car. And, um, ah, of course, yeah. Um, they've scratched racism all over his car and, and wrecked the joint. So you'd think that you could probably just nip to dad and say, Sars dad, um, it's got to be a pain. So but this, <laughs> this, this guy just saved me from some rotten bullies who were going to kill me with a baseball bat. Do phone the police about that in the morning. But in the interim... Can this man whose car's been vandalised stay on our sofa? You, my dad, being aware of that, can probably approve it. He'd probably go. Sounds reasonable, thanks. <laughs> I like how reasonable. Andy goes in, into these uh, situations with, like, contract speak. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that seems fine. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think any reasonable dad, even one from the 60s, could, <laughs> it's going again. could, could really <laughs> dispute that. <laughs> well, what's the other option? Is that he just literally walks in on him, like has no idea he's there, goes exactly. into the back room, and he's asleep on the sofa, and just goes, yeah. "What the fuck are you?" <laughs> and he's got a knife. Yeah, and he's got a knife. Yeah, he beat him up no, like no, that. No. <laughs> beat him up like that poor kid from Sleepaway Camp again, but he's on the sofa. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've got to stop him. Okay, so the next morning. Uh, Ramon can't leave the town because his car is wrecked, and they, it's, it's going to take him weeks to to sort out. Also, racist, it? Yeah, <laughs> and also um, uh, the detective, like the local detective, is um, is like there is some. Oh yeah, oh no, because uh, Tommy needs to go missing yet. But he says Tommy's gone missing. We'll, we'll talk about it in a sec. Um, so you can't leave town yet. I think that's the yeah. sort of general gist. Says, oh, your car, your car's been wrecked by racism, has it? Who did that? That racist kid that lives on the farm. All right, I won't investigate that, but you just, I thought I told you you best be moving on, but now don't be moving on because, because of this. Yeah, the bully who's, the bully who's publicly wrecked your car, knife carrier, has been, has gone missing. Yeah, so before that, we saw what happened to Tommy, didn't we? Yes. I think think Stella's reading um, this book and. It begins to appear. Yeah, yeah. Harold. Yeah. Harold. Harold. Hello, Harold. Uh, 25. (laughs) (laughs) Harold, about 25, 16, yes. Um, So she starts reading the book, and it's Harold. He's a a Yorkshireman. A Yorkshire scarecrow. He's a Yorkshire scarecrow. Bit bloody scaring crows all day, you bastard. And then um, this, and this dickhead, Tommy, comes and wails on him with a baseball bat. Yeah, what's, what is Tommy's problem with the bloody scarecrow? He, he, I think he does it. Come on, in. Come on, you bloody. Ooh, come on. Uh. And then it's it was a scarecrow. It's just like a scarecrow hanging there. <laughs> that was Idiot. the 60s, and there's no. There's no PlayStation and stuff. Yeah. But your mates really stand there and watch you. Bash a scarecrow with a with a baseball bat. I mean, at least leave him alone. Like, he's had enough. <laughs> I mean, if you put tinnies on a fence and threw apples at them, that existed in the sixties, and that's more fun than you mate beating up a scarecrow. I've got to say the uh, like the character design of Harold and all the other monsters is really really kind of well done. Like, yeah, I guess, that's great. Because people are always going about the illustrations from the books. I'm guessing they sort of just 
kind of recreated these amazing illustrations to, to in the yeah. film. But yeah, scanned them into three D printer, spat them out. <laughs> so uh, Harold is um, uh, comes alive and yeah, he's had time. enough. Basically, he's had enough. He's like, I'm sick of this shit. I'm sick of being made to look like a mug by this little prick. Uh, but Tommy, who comes home drunk yeah. uh, and disorderly, gets basically told to go and deliver some eggs to the farm across the road, like <laughs> yeah. a like a midnight. That's a sick. I do in the morning, man. <laughs> Is it at first? Do you think that like when he first came back and there are people all hollering and yelling at him? It's like, oh, he's a bully because he's got an abusive family. But no, they just want him to do his job. Yeah. And they're like, oh, pissed again, are you, son? Well, this is a fart. I'll let that slide, but go and deliver these eggs, please. And he was like, all right. Well, we must. But I'm I'm not happy about it. And if I see that scarecrow on the way, <laughs> yeah, I'm taking my ba- I'm taking my baseball bat with me. And he does. He basically gives the scarecrow a bit of jip again. Like, why ain't you got to do any chores around here? Why, why ain't you got to take the eggs to the fucking to the farm? He, um, the, the scene um, with the scarecrow coming to life and that is quite well done. I thought it was kind of spooky. Um, I just had a quick look. Um, the director, he also did Autopsy of Jane Doe. Did you see that one? Yeah, it was good. I liked yeah. it. That's some proper spooky moments to it. He's That's also... Did, he high did... spookums. He did Troll Hunter, which I absolutely loved. Do you see Troll Hunter? Yeah, I've not I seen like that. that. It was good. Oh, uh, Andy, you, you love it. It's um, I've, I've I've been told it's great, but I just haven't yeah. got around to it. And uh, he's doing Long the Long Walk, the Stephen King, uh, Richard Batman book. Uh, oh, nice. That's cool. That's cool. Uh, but yeah, the scene where uh, Harold comes to life is great. Um, I wasn't expecting it to be quite as it's not gory, but it it still feels kind of brutal, like the way he stabs Tommy in the chest with a pitchfork. Yeah, he gives him a... He forks him right up, doesn't he? And then he fills... His guts all filled with straw. Yeah, he's like yeah. pulling it out of his mouth and his eyes and stuff. It looks horrible. Yeah, so he basically turns into Harold, doesn't he? Here's what it's like to feel full of straw. It ain't nice. It's horrible. You're always hungry. <laughs> Don't fill you up. Don't fill you up. Straw belly. Yeah. So yeah, he stabs him with a pitchfork and then that's kind of it, isn't it? He's kind of killed... Or transforms, he's essentially. Just, I guess he's gone, isn't he? And then you yeah. just see Harold the Scarecrow, the same appearance, is but then wearing. in the field wearing his bully's jacket. Are his parents thinking, he's put our kids put his clothes on the Scarecrow and he's ran off naked? Like... <laughs> <laughs> or he's wearing Harold's clothes. Where are the fucking eggs? Did they get delivered? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's what Harold has gone off to do. He said, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be grateful. I'll deliver the eggs. I'll deliver the eggs like no one's business. The fun, the fun. do my job. You think it's so easy standing in this field all day, scaring them crows? Tommy's, Tommy's business. The yeah. farmer across the way is absolutely gasping for an omelette. He's like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> Come on, we're in my breakfast. He's we're done his toast. Breakfast. He's got like loads of little soldiers lined up. They're all put yeah. up. They're going to em- Empty egg cups. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they're all ready to go. They're all ready to go. Where's the eggs? Where's the eggs? Tommy hasn't delivered them yet. Oh, no, little prick. And what is it? It's the 60s. You can't tweet about that to complain. You've just got to wait for them to come. Come on, Tommy. Do your job, Tommy. Uh, yeah, so after that... It's gone. After that, Tommy's reported missing. Uh, Stella and Ramon sort of do a bit of investigation, find the scarecrow, wearing Tommy's clothes. Um, Stella... Protect themselves by going to the scene of the crime. Yeah. Let's get straight to the scene of the crime. How are we going to get those police there? Go around back. Yeah. They'll all be there in the front. We go around back. 
have a little look. Um, and basically, obviously, Stella automatically believes that all, all this is happening. She saw it in the story, so automatically all this has come to life. Um, but they're hesitant to go to the police because, obviously, Ramon um, fears they'll suspect him due to his race and the fact that he had an altercation with Tommy. So he's obviously turned him into a scarecrow. Mm, obviously. Um, <clears throat> so I guess we get the next story. The next is, the, story. is the next story the big toe or the red spot? The next story is the big toe. So big uh, toe. every sort of everybody sort of goes goes about their own ways. But Oggy, um, he's at oh, home. Oh, uh, <laughs> he's at home alone. I think his parents have gone off somewhere. Mister and Mister and Mrs Oyoyoy have gone away for Mr. the weekend. Mister and Mrs Oyoyoy. But obviously Stella and Ramon are there at Stella's crib, and for some reason, all they seem to want to do is they like do they radio? Are they radioing him, going, Oggy, you're in the next story. Don't do this. Yeah, don't eat anything. And he's like, "What? Don't eat anything?" I'm no, starving. I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat the that. biggest thing that's inside this pot of this, <laughs> this massive pot of stew. It's, yeah, like who's who's mucking about with that? And don't even say it to his mum or something. At some point, I'm going to eat the stew, and she's like, "What stew? Well, it's in the uh, fridge. I'm going to eat it." Classic mum. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Always making stews. Can't, can't get me. He starts eating the stew, which doesn't look particularly appetising, does it? Even not to mention the fact it's got a severed toe in there floating about. Why would you like if if there's any sort of meat? I mean, it may be a sausage. You could think it's a little bit of sausage or something, I suppose. But you would you'd bite into it. You wouldn't like. Why would you swallow it whole? Does he swallow it whole? Yeah, yeah he, he, goes, he guzzles it right down. But yeah. also, like, uh. did he spend the time to warm that through? I Come think on. so. It wasn't piping hot. Yeah, that's not going to be a nice stew. Who wants he's a cold like, stew? He's like, oh, lovely stew. Delicious. Stew popsicle. <laughs> um, yeah, and obviously what pretty much instantaneously happens is that there's just a weird, tall, gangly zombie with a missing toe. I feel like I've heard this story before myself, the missing yeah. toe stuff. You know what I mean? In some capacity. Maybe not the capacity of this, but I've definitely heard something about a missing toe weird story. You. Hmm. If you grab my toe or something like that. Yeah, the 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 zombie comes along the 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 corpse this woman and she's asking who who's had my toe? Oggy again. Why should Oggy get blamed though? Yeah, is it young he didn't cook it, he didn't take it. Yeah. If yeah. someone accidentally eats it, again maybe if he would have just had a proper dialogue, then they could have got around this. So look. I I'll give it back, but I've got to pass it. Full disclosure, I did eat yeah. your toe. My mate's got some tongs that uses a poo. He'll pop around. He'll sift through. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, uh, if he just gave it back, maybe she would have been fine. So this is another one where I felt like the actual tension and build-up and the actual scary cinematics of it all was, was kind of great. Um, like It's genuinely kind of unnerving. Um, and he disappears the way he just gets pulled into the wall. Well, yeah, he gets slapped under the bed like... Um... Like the kid with the clown from Poltergeist, doesn't he? But then you see yeah. the the nails on the floor go right into the, just right up to the the skirting board, and it's like when the others arrive, just a little bit too late. Yeah. He's he's gone, isn't he? Got it. He's, yeah, he's just vanished. Yeah, so that was pretty creepy. So that was like practical effects as well, wasn't it? It was someone dressed up as creepy zombie. So the, the, all the practical effects are great in this. The next death scene, not word, not a death scene, is it? Um, the next attack of story attack is the big spot is that the red spot or something like that uh with all the cgi spiders i've got to say the cgi in this is pretty naff 
yeah, practical effects are, are great, and I think they they obviously didn't have much left for computers. No. <laughs> yeah. So it's like a, the sister like gets a spider bite on her face. She's at some sort of dance. Uh, the spider bite kind of existed throughout most of the film, didn't it? It was like a little bit of a spot or something. She gets bitten she, she get... when they get locked in the when they get locked in the spookum's room at the yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you've ever have you. I don't know if you've ever seen um, the pimple popping doctor. You ever seen those videos on like YouTube and oh, stuff? Yeah. I know people I know like. This. I've seen. Yeah, them. <laughs> <laughs> this was like, oh, go on, give that a bloody good squeeze, go on. And she's squeezing it; it's getting redder and redder, and you know, then a little. What well, I thought was a little hair in in the trailer, but obviously it's a little spider's leg. So it goes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> and. <laughs> She squeezes the affected area. The spot explodes. Hundreds of tiny spiders all over her. But luckily, Stella, Ramon, and Chuck, um, they all get there pretty quick, sharp, to, to save the day. They and there's like some, weird, off, right? some, some weird ghostly shadow thing lurking around, isn't there, oh, whenever yeah. all these things are happening. Like, yeah. And it's meant to be uh, Mrs. Bellow, Sarah Bellow. Is that right? Sarah Bellow. Yeah, Mrs. Bellow. And then, I can't remember if this exactly happened. Yeah, apparently... <laughs> go on. <laughs> well, apparently like um what's her name ruth pretty much immediately ends up in a mental institution which i think is like a bit of an overreaction isn't it yeah and someone says it in like quite a mean way later on the policeman doesn't he you're like well no because um we saved we saved my sister he went ah she's in the she's in the loony bin mate she's 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 she stitched up forever <laughs> she's straight in the loony bin you didn't say that it'd be went, better if she had been no, eaten by no, spiders Loads of spiders came out my face. Straight in a loony bed. Do not pass go. And also, yeah. would you be mad? Wood. Because you know, you didn't imagine the spiders in your face. They really were there. Yeah, Everyone else saw it It's got well. like a giant scar on her face since you know. Jesus. Yeah. Um, so I think uh, they also try and destroy the book. They pop it on pop it on fire. <laughs> they put it on fire. Um, and it doesn't burn. I don't know if they do anything Hang on else. a sec, guys. I'll be right back. Yeah, no reason, man. Right. Back again. Apologies, Emma. <laughs> Staying over at Karen's mum and dad's, and pizza they've got other it? house guests. Oh. No, no, no pizza this time. Is Ricky the... is being pain and is barking at people, so he's had to come in and sit with me. Okay, there he is. Hey, Ricky. Ricky. Uh, have you seen that film, Ricky Yo? The story of Ricky. Is that what it's called? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know what it is, but I'm, I don't know if you've seen it. It's like a, it's like seen, an Asian, yes. like yeah. A... yeah, it's like meant to be like extreme gore, sort of ludicrous yeah. gore. Uh, yeah, I want to watch it. Uh, it's about fifty nine minutes. That uh, <laughs> edit edit point is Ben. Oh, Jesus! Oh, all right. Okay, I got you. No, I thought you were talking about Ricky L. I thought you were going to say it's fifty nine minutes long, mate. <laughs> that film. Pretty sure. Um, okay. Uh, they try and burn their book, but the book doesn't burn. It's a problem with that book. <laughs> I don't know how else they do. Don't try. It. There's no. They don't pop it in chemical waste. They don't. What else? You try. And, they don't rip. Oh, they try and rip the pages, but the pages don't rip. Pages just come back. There's always more. Chuck it in the yeah. sea. Chuck it in the sea. Chuck it in yeah. the sea. Comes back. Manji. <laughs> bury it. I don't know. Do something. If they bury, it, I mean, um, because you have to. Did it, do we have to see the story being written for it to have a effect? Yeah. Yeah. Or it'd probably just happen, but you wouldn't be able to. Almost seeing the story is a good way of like being able to try and save someone, I guess. Yeah. If you don't know, it could attack you whenever in whatever form. But as you see um, the story giving it power to make it 
It's a thing, oh, but yeah. yeah, you never know. It's chicken and the egg situation. The tree falls if a tree falls in the woods. The eggs are. We're still waiting for it to get delivered. <laughs> yeah, how you can enjoy oh, it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, dead now. <clears throat> uh, they go to the mental institutions. That's the next bit, right? They go. Yeah, to so the they go to the local, to a local hospital where they do some sort of research about what happened to the bellows girl, and they find yeah. that her brother was performing electroshock therapy on her as part of like some weird cover up. Like I think their like their family's mill had been like poisoned in times water several children have been killed and they thought right let's just blame it on the albino scapegoat albino scapegoat that lives in the basement lives in the basement it was her she'd been killing all the kids but they've all been specifically poisoned with mercury from the town's water supply she did it come on she did it from the basement because the only thing we left her in there with was a storybook a and pen mercury. and all the mercury all i did wonder why she was she asking was... for it all give it a mercury um so yeah at the hospital here is when we get to see chuck's undoing he's pursued by the pale lady so how would you describe her like a like uh, a evil teletubby like, Evil uh, Teletubby with a of It's Mr. Blobby. Like, this is where Mr. Blobby's gone. He's been gone a long time. And That's he's grown some hair. <laughs> his rubber has perished. He's, he's, lost he's, his chilled, he's chilled. To be fair, he's chilled right out because he used to be like. Blah, 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 blah. Now, now he's, he's just, just like. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is pretty <laughs> creepy, I guess. Um, he's he's sort of in the middle of like four different corridors and he tries to go around each each one and it's slowly getting closer and closer he doesn't seem to learn very quickly that that's what's happening though he keeps like doing it he goes well maybe maybe the next one. Oh god no maybe the next one then oh no this one this yeah one. you think this one would have tried to like slide between one of the legs or something and go round yeah because it's quite slow because it, it kind of just wants to goes in for a slow hug so he could have like yeah. I don't know gone around <laughs> he could have gone no. like this he could have gone See ya! Yeah. Lured him into a corner and then just got round. Yeah. Yeah, maybe they didn't have TIG yeah. in the 60s, so he didn't have that, that training. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but um, he just so hugs him and sort of absorbs him into yeah. the body. Yeah. And, and then vanishes. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, Stella and Ramon then find his signature pen, which is a nudie lady pen. Yeah, um, which he carries around with him everywhere, you know, because that's basically porn. You know, <laughs> like, six he must be dead. There's no way he would have left this. <laughs> well, he left his pen on the floor. He's got to be dead. Jesus. Um, if I ever find someone's pen, I know. That's it. It's cool yeah. to search. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then they both get arrested, or is it both of them get arrested? They weren't <laughs> supposed to be in the hospital. I think yeah, they get they get in a bit they get a bit done for being at the hospital, but Ramon, it comes out when the sheriff comes. He goes. I know about you with his with his fake name like instead of like Ramon Smith his name is Ramon Jones and it's like yeah. Ramon Jones draft dodger and he's like oh no oh bloody hell stitch right up here yeah and um but the but, but Stella could go home she just because the sheriff goes just so any daddy can take you home and she phones her dad and says nah don't come and pick me up um I'm staying here and he's like oh um all right yeah Okay, then I guess right. I guess I guess All if right. you won't phone your dad, you have to stay in prison. So they're locked <laughs> in the prison cell. Um, and then we get the next story quite quickly. Now they're kind of layering up, kind of coming towards the end of the film. Um, and maybe I mean the the best. I don't know. Is this what's out of all of them? What's your favourite monster in in the series? I quite like the jangly man. I guess the jangly man because he's the most. He's he feels like the most genuine threat 
you know. Mm. Um, again, again, it is a bit disappointing that everything is just essentially a monster comes out and, and tracks you down. There's not, there's no like sort of that, nothing too psychological, um, yeah. or or you know, I expected maybe a story where something was happening to the actual person. You know, I don't know, a hand growing out of their ass. I don't, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> something like a body horror or something. Yeah. The fact that it was always like a just the spiders really it wasn't it's just the spiders. Yeah, that, that was different. the only one. Exactly. It was yeah. otherwise all just just ghouly monsters off to get you. But you're right, the jangly man is quite terrifying. Me Tai yeah, so, Doty Walker. Yeah, Me Tai Doty Walker is the name of the story. Um, so he's, he's there's like he's the monster from a campfire story that Ramon had heard. Um, so the jangly man does he kill the policeman? Um, and he's able to. Snaps oh, yeah. his neck, yeah. He's able to like reconstruct himself from several body parts and and pull itself apart and stuff. So, um, tries to kill Ramon. Ramon and Stella escape, and they kind of run back to the Bellows' house, where some weird stuff starts to happen. Where Stella pretty much immediately sort of steps oh, yeah, back into yeah. some sort of what like, time warp. Yeah. It's a bit like Haunting of Hill House, isn't it? Where she goes yeah, back into very the much past. Like that. The house and... is very similar as well. The Haunt Finn yeah. of Hill House. Did you say the Haunting or Haunt Finn? <laughs> you didn't say the Haunt Finn, mate. Uh, we know you have to have £1.50 for every time someone mentions it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, and, and then in modern in modern day where the house is still derelict, Ramon is being um, stalked by the jangly man who's kind of like going up, going around. He's sort of kind of like hiding under tables and going. So apparently this was a physical performance. It wasn't entirely CGI. Um, well, the guy whose body splits into several pieces was completely well performance. apparently he was do- he was doing like a lot of weird there was obviously like some sort of contortionist dude yeah he was doing doing some contortion nest yeah that's it's good then i think um i mean you could tell i mean the face there was some cgi stuff going on or some embellishment yeah 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 stuff like that yeah yeah um so Jankleman chases him all across town. He's like, he goes full on Terminator. He chases runs after the car. He jumps on it. Um, oh yeah, yeah. He gets gets pinned to a truck at some point, doesn't he? he smashes it into a bus. Yeah. Terminator. <laughs> um, and then so they go to the house. What happens is so Stella meets Sarah Bellows and tells her, "I know you've done. I know someone's done some bad stuff to you, but you shouldn't do bad stuff to other people." I'm pretty sure that's what happens, and then yeah, Stella, she basically Sarah goes, says, "What? Never thought about it like that." <laughs> so, um, all right, I, I thought like I was gonna fuck everybody up for, for even trying. Okay, yeah, yeah she does that. She basically, basically, she basically says, "Like, just because people have been a dickhead to you doesn't mean you have to become a dickhead." And it's like, "Oh, I have, haven't I? I've taken it too far." Oh, you're right. I've been a rat, Knowles. And she's it, it's it's getting close because the jangly man has almost caught Ramon under the table. And Sarah Bellows is like, you, Stella, I got a story. I got a story for you, mate. And this is going to be a right old corker. But um, she goes, well, what, I'll tell you what, I, I made you feel a bit guilty for it. And now I promise if you don't kill us, I'll tell everyone the truth about about you. And I'll say you were sound. And it was your shared family that, <laughs> that poisoned, the, yeah. that poisoned the, the kids. And it was like, it's a good deal. I'll disappear now. Yeah. She does. That makes sense. Yeah. And then Sarah tells Stella to write the truth in the book in blood as well, I think. Yeah, she does. Before, the, yeah. in the jangly, before she and the jangly man vanish. And then Stella comes back to present day, reconciles with Ramon, and basically says, I'll just have to write a story in blood to save your life. And he says, I What? Know. I've got to go to war now. 
Yeah, yeah, because I've yeah, dodged the draft, so I've got to go to war. Um, also, can you imagine? I mean, I write on on Word, you know, and when you've got a when you've got a deadline, you've got that word count to get up. Yeah, I make mistakes. So you got to go back. Let alone writing on paper in blood. That, that story is going to be a right yeah, mess. Yeah, commitment, isn't it? Right pain. Yeah, oh, you've used the wrong form of there, there, um, Stella. You're going to have to start again. How do you erase it? You have to start from the start from page one, right? You have to start from word one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so there's also like a, so it ends with her getting a bus, um, and there's some like voiceover added that I kind of detested. Like it was her saying, "I don't know what happened to Chuck and Oggy, um, so I'm going to try and get them back." Like it kind of feels like maybe that wasn't in the original film, but they um, the test audiences were like. What, they want to know what happened to Oggy and Chuck, so they added it in afterwards. I don't know. It feels kind of they're a, kind of a like cop-out. they're on. Yeah, like Ramon goes off to war, and she promises to write to him every day. Um, in blood. Yeah, come on, because you're not gonna, like you're not going to have to for the letters. In blood, to be a hammer back. So I only write in blood be, now. You'd be having to you'd be having to stack those letters. You'd be like, um, dear Ramon. Obviously, since my letter yesterday, it'll still be several weeks before that one arrives. Yeah. But since then, I've done the following. Obviously, you're not a chance to respond to what I was going to say yet, so this is going to be increasingly complex to keep track of. Also, what are you going to talk about? I mean, just, I mean, like, it gets to the point where you're just sending a picture of a smiley face. Dear Ramon, smiley face, cheers. Dear Ramon, <laughs> <laughs> Dear Ramon uh, oh, just had a lovely slice of Battenberg. <laughs> yeah. How, how, how are you doing? Don't tell me, because I'm sure it's horrible, because you're... In... Um, yeah, but then she gathers up and the sister is no longer insane and she's with her. She's got a yeah. plaster on her face. Yeah. And they are gonna get Chuck and Chuck and Oggy back using the book somehow, but she doesn't know how. Yeah. She's um, got a Nelly plaster on her face. The, yeah. <laughs> Dean Norris is uh now still NYPD, but not so NYPD blue. <laughs> he seems yeah. alive. He's smiling his head off at the end. NYPD comes to terms with the fact my wife has <laughs> left and my daughter's okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I've got some trivia for you. Um, if you guys are up for some trivia. Always. Sort of trivia. It's a, game, it's a little game. It's called the name game. So uh, we know the naming format of the film. Scary story to tell in the dark. I give you some phrases or words and you tell me what the film that I'm describing is called based on that naming uh, convention. Right. Okay. Number one. Boris Johnson, David Cameron, Maggie Thatcher. Scary Tories to tell in the dark. Well done. Well done. Oh, I'd say hairy Tories. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't say IDS to be fair. Yeah. Number two, Halloween one, Halloween two, Halloween. <laughs> this is maybe a bit obscure. Scary Laurie. Scary Laurie to tell in the dark. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. This one, you're not going to get this one. It's just not going to happen. A film about a group of drug dealers who climb inside a narcotic office, a narcotics officer's butthole and tell each other stories about milk. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. A film about a group of drug dealers who climb inside a narcotic officer's butthole and tell each other stories about milk. Um, dairy stories to tell in the narc. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my oh my god. Oh my god. Oh my god. Basically, Andy just wins trivia <laughs> forever based on that. 
there ain't no coming back from that. Okay, see if you can get this one then, Andy. Uh, I bow to Smarty you. Smarty pants. Uh, so after Quint gets swallowed by the Jaws shark in the film Jaws, he finds a little book inside the shark. It's a book of Brothers Grimm tales. Some fairy stories to tell in the shark. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Jesus Andy, you are, you are good at this. Yeah, okay. See, uh, you Andy's bad at calling now. <laughs> you, you, you are not. No, no way. Names. No way you're going to get this one. Okay. Um, a drug dealer heads down to sell his wares near by the swinging roundabout, and he's got loads of stock. Um, he's got loads of stock. Yeah, and the, and the drug dealer goes to sell his wares. Buy a swinging roundabout. Buy what? Swinging roundabout. Swinging roundabout, and uh, one of rock, some rocking horses and, and trees and football it's, fields. It's some type of stories to tell in the park. The park. Not yeah, sure yeah. What types of stories. Okay, so a drug dealer heads down to sell his wares, and he's got loads of stock. Stop. Let's scare it, Snary. I'm done, Luke. You see, I could do it if it was a this drug dealer with Tourette's, because then I could say sweary stories to tell in the park, but no. This this one might be pushing the name of convention a bit. Inventories to sell in the park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not having that, Luke. Jesus Christ. Inventories even, to sell even, in the park. Even Andy, clearly the expert of this, is shaking his head in disbelief. That is Benton. <laughs> Give in- us a chance. Inventories to sell in the park. No, it's, no problem with that. <laughs> okay. Uh, well done, Andy. You um, you did very well. Um, you I mean you got the shark one? There's no question about that. Um, so well, yeah, scary stories to tell in the narc one. And you said he wasn't going to get. No one was going to get that. That sounded, so, that sounded too difficult. Dairy stories to tell in the narc. That's a title of Andy's new short film, as well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, so we need to rate the film. Um, I don't. I don't know what we're going to go for yet. So I'll let you guys go. I mean, it was pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good. It was. It, it, it was. It was a bit goosebumpy, as I said. <laughs> some of the repetitive nature of some of the like um, stories and was being stalked by someone was good. But I think the vibe was good. Hmm. Um, the creature designs were good. Um, I'd be happy to give it a B minus. Yeah. Okay. How about you, Andy? Yeah, I'm similar to Ben. I think we've seen it a bit this year. We've seen it with this, it to Annabelle. I think stories that um, individually there are pieces of them that that work very well. But I think sometimes they suffer from the thread that sort of strings them together. You know, finding the the connectivity between them it's just kind of what are we going to do as an excuse to get to this next really well crafted individual horror scene we've got done um i think if i were a kid and this is my first horror movie i think there's going to be a generation of kids that start watching horror movies now that start with this and are going to love it yeah yeah um, like for me i think i can accept that it's kind of not the the intended audience for this, right? So if things don't hang together for me, I can kind of forgive it that. Um, so I'm going to go with maybe just slightly higher with Ben, and I'll give it I'll give it a B. Cool. Yeah. Uh, I was going to go for a C plus, but now I think about it, 
I, I do remember like the first act like really zipping along quite nicely. Um, <laughs> but it's just like, the, the the last the sort of the backstory of the Bellow stuff. I was like, I'm not. I don't know. I wasn't too into it, and the, and the ending kind of yeah. let me down. Um, so I'm going to give it a B flat, B minus, I think. Um, but yeah, pretty good. Do a B flat then. Go on. <laughs> That's probably a few. Okay. Nice. Um, yeah. We got anything else we want to say before we wrap up? I don't think so. I think that's it. Next week, we're going to do this. It's going to be a few weeks since you've seen this as well, ready or not, right? Yeah. It's quite a simple story, though, I think, to that. I, I remember that one. You can um, only be one or the other, can't you? Yeah. Very nice. You can be exciting. ready. We've... Could not be. Yeah. Are you ready or could be not be? Could be not be. Uh, we've hope done. We've done a lot of new releases week. in a row. Are you gonna go? Yeah, I'll see it this week as well. I might actually go and watch it again because it's uh, it's out now, right? It's proper out now. It's like today, it's tomorrow, out, out Wednesday. I think it's out Wednesday actually. What's the uh, reviews been like? Generally, it's been alright. Very positive, I think. Cool. Okay, so uh, this show is brought to you by Hawk and Cleaver. <laughs> Head over to hawkandcleaver dot com. Become a patron over patreon.com forward slash Hawk and Cleaver. Thanks to Kovac Camera for our theme music. Thanks to ACAST for hosting this show. Thanks to the listeners and the people on the Facebook group, Horror Hangout Board Advisors. Um, follow Andy on Twitter at Andy, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, SuperAndyT83. SuperAndyT83. And follow Ben at, at Ben underscore Errington. Correct. That's where you find me. Cool. And me at, at Lukov Condor. Condor UK. So, cheers. Nice one. Cheers, Thank guys. you very much, guys. Bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.